Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You're listening to Tech Vibe Radio here on News Radio 1020. KDKA, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Rousseau. Audrey, we have an old friend here with us on the show. Yes, we do. No stranger to Tech Vibe Radio. When we need perspective on manufacturing, trends, things like that, we go to one place, Deloitte. In particular, go to Dimitri Shiree. Hi, Dimitri. What's up, man? How you doing? Audrey, Jonathan, it's good to see you. Well, thanks for having me back on the show. It's of course, great. man. It's great. You got a lot to talk about. You bring us perspective that we can't get anyplace else. Yeah, we appreciate gonna, that. We're going to talk about skills gap. So many of our listeners have probably heard that term, but we probably need to peel it back a little bit. A lot. Did and I then think. start to dive into some of the work that you're doing and leading and thinking. Yeah. But first, tell listeners about yourself and what you do with Deloitte and that kind of good stuff, and then we'll roll into it. Well, um, I'm very fortunate to serve as the managing partner uh, of Deloitte here in Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I specialize in serving uh, clients, global clients, in manufacturing, more specifically in the process and industrial product sector, as well as financial services. That's good stuff. Especially on the manufacturing side, we love manufacturers. People, when they make stuff, and Pittsburgh's still a town that makes stuff. Southwestern Pennsylvania is a region that makes stuff. And as we all know, manufacturing has changed dramatically over Huge. the years. Absolutely. And you've been witnessing and documenting that change. So you got some great insight, and that's why we have you here today. Great to be here. Good stuff. So let's talk about the skills gap. What is going on with the skills gap? Set the stage here for us. So fundamentally, when you think about the skills gap, it really comes down to both supply as well as demand. And what we've been finding in the marketplace over the course of the last several years is that uh, the demand of currently of current employers – uh, there's a disconnect in the demand of current employers versus the supply that is really readily available to fill open positions. And that is because the supply doesn't have the requisite skills in order to meet the demand in the marketplace of the positions that are open. So what are so what does that mean? You have an aging workforce, right? I mean, a workforce that and, and in many ways people are working longer, but we still have an aging workforce. And then we have lots of universities here. I mean, we have lots of universities. We have an epicenter from 75 miles, you know, from the epicenter of Pittsburgh. We have a tremendous amount of of educated talent. So there's still that disconnect is what I'm hearing you say. There's still that disconnect. And it really is attributable to, you know, three key demographic changes that are happening, not just in western Pennsylvania, but quite frankly, around the country. And, uh, Audrey, you've already identified one of them, and that is the aging uh, baby boomer population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over the course of the next decade, we are going to see a significant number 
of baby boomers retire. So you got you got that one dynamic. The yeah, other- I can tell you personally. I was just recently at Ace uh, Ace Spring and Wire in McKeesport, not McKeesport, in uh, McKees Rocks right. a few weeks ago, and that's their major concern. They have this this workforce. They're like, in three years, this guy won't be here, and he's the only guy that runs this particular machine, and and so they're they're very cognizant of it, and it has you know. Lots of manufacturers are like, wow, like this this workforce is going to retire and they need new blood and they need to train that because these are very technical positions. You know, it takes a while to get people trained up on them. And, and I, on, I and on that point, yeah. the, uh, the, the issue isn't an issue that's five to ten years down the road. The issue is something that is now and present. Exactly right. So you have the aging, you have the aging workforce, which is one. Number two, you have diversification in the population of the United States. When you look at economic, social, and political issues that are impacting our country, you can just look at the, uh, the, the, the map and see which states are blue, which states are red, and what populations okay. are driving the composition of those states. Right, so right. You, have a very, you have a much more diverse population than what we historically have had in this country, which are changing hmm. uh, long-perceived norms. And then the third driver is technology. That's I mean, the big one for sure. I and mean. it's technology not in the context of linear change or linear disruption, but truly technology in the context of exponential change and exponential disruption. For sure. Can we go back to the second point real fast? I'm just curious. The idea, I know for a while it was like manufacturing jobs were not seen as good jobs. Like you didn't want to be a manufacturer. Everyone was encouraged to go to college to learn these things to, to get a technical job. And I feel like 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 we're now getting back to saying no these are really important jobs now and it's almost like a cultural shift we need to encourage uh, uh you know students and, and people to, to to become interested in these fields because there is so much technical prowess that's needed for them and, and talent that i think it needs to be shown as a viable employment option uh jonathan i couldn't agree with you more i do think that there needs to be a change in the mindset of our educational system and how we uh prepare and train uh young children as well as young adults for the workforce of the future. And uh, I do think that, you know, historically there's been a predisposition that a, um, an undergraduate degree in every pot was the way to achieve success <laughs> in the United States of America. Right. I mean, voc ed was not considered anything of high esteem when I was in, college, in yeah. high school. And it's, it's I, like that's I, where the other people went. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, I always wanted to go to shop. You told me about that. I know. I yeah. always wanted to go to shop. I thought I'd like to make stuff, do it. And they were like, okay, you are not going to shop. You're but, going to college. But I think what we're finding in today's marketplace is that um, education is no longer compartmentalized to specific points of time in your life. Right. It's Instead, continuous. it is a super highway. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there are different exits that individuals can take right. to pursue different types of opportunities uh, mm-hmm. And careers at different points of time. The key, uh, the key aspect, though, is having the ability to receive credit and benefit for those experiences and pay them forward to the next job or the next career opportunity, so that you're not resetting the clock time and time again when somebody wants to make a change or exit the super educational highway and then re-enter. It's got. It has to stay fluid. And keep things moving through. Yes. Sorry. Now let's get to the other point. The obviously the the, uh, the technology point. I mean, we could probably do an entire show based on how technology is disrupting and changing manufacturing these days, especially with like automation. As you guys were talking earlier before right. the show, I mean, 
So much to talk about on that end. There's so much to talk about, and uh, you know, go, and I think this goes to the brand uh, of manufacturing, more specifically, the brand of of advanced manufacturing. Because mm. historically, when you look at uh, you know Western Pennsylvania, uh, we have been re- we were renowned for a long period of time of being capital intensive, heavy industry, steel metals, and manufacturing is still a very important part of our region. It's just advanced manufacturing. And in that advanced manufacturing space, it is a very sophisticated, high-tech environment. And that messaging and that story needs to be told because I still believe that there's a preconceived notion that the manufacturing in 2015 is your grandfather's manufacturing. And it's not. It's not. It's It's not. And actually what's so interesting is that even the – Kids that come out of Carnegie Mellon and Pitt now, even in their most advanced programs, are all interested in making things. They're interested in having that as part of their toolkit. Yeah, sure, there are some people who are advanced computer algorithms and artificial intelligence, et cetera. But if you look at robots, if you look at medical devices, and you look at the things that are you know, really uh, have deep roots in these academic institutions, they're very interested in understanding on how to make things work. That's why Tech Shop actually is doing well here because people are saying, okay, I don't have to just have access inside the university when I graduate. I still can have a place where I can go, I can build, and I can figure out some ways to tinker with things. You know, sensors, the whole use of sensors and them being inside of of stuff. You know, I don't want to just loosely use the Internet of Things, but that's something that people are really interested in. And back to your point about the continuous life learning and getting off at different exit ramps, those are the kinds of skills that people are looking for. That- yeah, and Andre, not only with respect to the individual, but also with respect to corporations who are making significant investments in uh, today's property, plant, and equipment in their mm-hmm. facilities. So when you look at right. some of the significant investments that have been made in western Pennsylvania, these are state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities that are second to none which require a very high degree of sophistication and a knowledge worker in order to operate the technological uh, aspects of that facility. We were recently at, at um, Industrial Scientific with one of our Explore the Floors. Right. They That's opened a great up their example. facilities up just uh, near Robinson. And it is, it's technology and manufacturing coming together all one place. And it is not your grandfather's manufacturing. Well, what's so interesting is that they're all embedded into one facility. So that if you're in corporate, you can easily see what's happening and being built right there on in a manufacturing environment, which for years and years, right? For they were like decades, separate, right? They were, they they were separate. separate. It would be mm-hmm. like, well, we're going to the plant. We're going to go take a drive and we're going to go to the plant. And it became corporate was here to help, right? And not really understanding. So breaking those walls down creates opportunities for people to not only learn, but cross train. So we have this gap and it's massive. And it's millions of jobs that need to be filled because of these scenarios that we're just talking about now. Give us a little more detail on that. So uh, when you look at the next decade here in the United States, and I I will specifically stay focused on um, manufacturing, uh, it's projected that there is going to be a need for approximately 3.5 million manufacturing jobs over the course of the next 10 years. In the U.S.? In the United States. And that's a function of two things. One, uh, the retiring uh, baby boomers, Mm -hmm. which, you know, directionally accounts for about 2.7 million. 
and then just overall economic expansion, which is anticipated to create another seven, eight hundred thousand jobs in the manufacturing sector. So what so are you, we going to so do? Have, so you have three point five million, wow. and the expectation is that you're only going to be able to fill potentially one point five out of those three point five million jobs, which creates a two million two million job skills gap with respect to the future workforce in manufacturing. So what are we going to do? So what are we going to do? <laughs> Audrey, that's a great question. And I think that there truly is an opportunity here for um, employers, for government, and for, uh, the, uh, and for academia to work together to begin to build a different model than what we currently have had. And so, um, you know, employers can't do it by themselves. Academia can't do it by itself, and certainly governments such as state or federal agencies can't do it by themselves. Instead, there truly needs to be a collaborative effort of taking existing assets that reside in regions around the country, take you know Western Pennsylvania, and really develop some connective tissue with respect to those educational-type assets, both quantitative as well as qualitative, that can begin to prepare the workforce of the future. Interesting stuff. If people learn more about this, where can they go? And there's the whole study that Deloitte did. You can really dig into this and get more detail. Dimitri, where can they go and check that out? They can go to Deloitte.com and look up advanced manufacturing, and they will find the skills gap study there. Thank you so much for stopping by the show today. Great stuff as always. These are crazy problems and got great minds like yours out there thinking about it. So fantastic stuff. Thank you so much again for having me on the show. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.